it's just crazy how that can be happening. And your body is literally freaking out and is like, remove yourself from the situation. I'm begging you. And you're like, no, this is my boyfriend. I'm pretty sure we're in love and going to get married. Your body's like, fuck you. I'm breaking out hives. You're literally allergic to him. And you're like, no, this is fine. This is great. This is fine. another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how is it going? It's great. It's beautiful in LA this weekend. I think I think we're headed for bad weather. Somebody said that to me. I, they might have been lying. But um, we're back in office on Monday. You oh. know, they're, they're enticing us in with omelet bars and <laughs> oh, various other random shit. But um, no, it's very kind. Um, What's the weekly forecast? What? No, I don't want hourly. How yeah, often 60s. are you going to be going in? Um, I'm probably going to do three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go in. I like going in. I'm, I'm a better overall person when I have that type of morning routine. Yeah. Um, just like the like the act of getting ready, making my coffee, commuting. I I am more productive and have more energy after that type of thing for some reason. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. I also am looking forward to meeting new people and developing – and I, I, I've done – I've been fine making a few friends kind of remote, you know, over remote. Yeah. But – I think that – I mean, obviously, this will make it easier. So I'm looking forward to that aspect too. Yeah, that's great. This could help you with your kind of um, – Supplementing the extra, group. Yeah, extracurricular supplementation. Yeah, totally. And then I have a date Tuesday night. Um, so that'll what's be that, good. What's the deal with that guy? Just a bumble guy. Um, mm-hmm. We can – certainly once, once the date happens, we can discuss it more. Seems – totally fine like there's it's there's nothing to like be there's nothing news flashy about it but um I've been thinking a lot about it's interesting I this is gonna sound very strange but I I have forced myself to I wrote a list of my flaws okay because I think that often me and my friends and people in my life, and I I appreciate it, their, you know, their heart's in the right place, is, like, we go really hard in the paint for, like, how amazing we are and how yeah. we shouldn't have to, like, no compromise, don't settle, like, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And I wanted to remind myself that people have to tolerate things to be with me. Yeah. And so, like, for example, and, and, you know, and, like, I really forced myself not to phrase them positively. Like, I think that my work stuff can be framed as, like, ambitious, motivated, whatever. But it also can be phrased as, like, workaholic, cancels plans, you know, like, the, uh, you know, and so I I wanted to think about the stuff that, like, because I want to, I, I want to, st- I, I want to cut people a little more slack. I think. Okay, that my my question was going to be like, what drove you to want to write these things down? So that yeah, okay. because I, I think that I think that I, I like I worry that I write off good people mm. for dumb reasons. Where if you reversed it, 
Like they're tolerating shit with me is what right. I'm saying. Yeah. And I want to sort shit. of – Yeah. And I want to sort of remind myself of that going into dating. Therefore, like – And just like really try to like focus on the positives, I guess, if that makes sense. And like think about like opt- – And like optimize for traits that like really matter to me. And so I, I've yeah. just been like thinking about that. Focus on the positives of other people by pointing out the negatives about yourself. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, that makes sense though. I think like – I think in like all of stuff like that, like it's important to think about like what are my own biases and like what's going to help me with my bias. So like if you have a bias potentially towards being overly critical or writing people off too quickly, then it makes sense for you to do what you're saying. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. there might be other people who, like, are overly critical of themselves and feel like they're not ready to date or they're not, you know, good enough to date or whatever, then they need to do the exact opposite. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I do not think this exercise should necessarily be applied to everyone. But I think that I'm – this has to do, I think, also with me being a maximizer. Got it. Like, which just to remind our listeners, like, that you, like, want to have – the everything that you can. Like if I can have something that's like even slightly better. Yes. Than this. And yeah. Yes, exactly. And so like I said, it has to do with like optimize and like I talked about the what was that? Was that a balloon? No, it was a it was my robot vacuum that I just bought and set up and it has been oh. charging and I per- I think perhaps it's telling me that it's ready. Yeah, it's come to life. To take over it's the time. world. Yeah. That was scary. (laughs) Sentient. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink. That is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Um, And I talked about this a little bit with the classmate, right, where it's like yep. there were things that he didn't – that like not everybody does A through Z well, right? Mm-hmm. People do certain things well, and I think what's important is figuring out what you want a person to do well for a future with them. And yes. and I don't want to overlook good – like I'm not in pursuit of a perfect 10. And I don't mean that physically. I mean that the whole package. Yep. Like I'm not in pursuit of a person who is a 10 overall. I'm in pursuit of like an 8. And um, where I, I think fuck up sometimes is my question is not – well, can I find a 10? My question is, well, there might be a different eight who's a little bit of a better fit. Yep. And I want to just be careful of that because I think that like I do I do want a partner. I do want to get married. And I do believe that I've probably written off or overlooked people that would be really good husbands. And I 
I just like don't I, – I really need to like res- resolve to myself to not do that. Yeah. It's like the phrase a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Sort of. of. I think of it – In terms of like – Well, when you're I saying that like – I think it's like the best is the enemy of the good. I think we're saying the same thing though. Like when you when you're when you said that like if you have an eight right now, but you're like maybe there's an eight that's a better fit for me. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, the thing that's right in front of you could be bet like is like right in front of you versus this thing that maybe doesn't exist. Right. Totally. And like I could like spend you, Yeah, forever right, exactly. trying to find that thing. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So okay, well I think that's good to go into yeah. to dates kind of thinking about that. And that I also think will tie into, you know, speaking of maximizers, which is a word that we learned from Logan, Logan Yuri, also the whole like go on a second date thing, I think kind of ties into what you're saying in terms of like giving people a little more grace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's like a good, it's a headspace that I want to go into with like the matchmaker, for example. Yeah. I've also had like a weird thought that I want to delete Bumble and like delete oh. all dating apps, period. Um, that's something that I'm toying with. Not because of the matchmaker, but just because of Ma- – uh, I-, I had dinner with my friend Matt, um, the one that's been on the podcast, and he mm-hmm. and I were talking about how it's become very like mindless and sort of time-filling to swipe. Like Got you're it. on hold and you're – like you put the hold music on speakerphone. You're – waiting for the train, you're waiting for your Uber, you know, whatever. And it's just like this little thing you do to fill your time. No one is really investing that much in anyone because you know there's someone else around the corner. And I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what my alternative would be, whether it would be being bolder in person, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, would need to th- kind of have to be a part of it probably. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll think through like what that would mean, but I don't know. It's something I'm toying with. Yeah, I mean that could be really interesting. Yeah, like when I, whenever I think about that, I think about the fact that I have no desire to be bolder in person. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've tried. I am not. I'm not good at it, and I've just abandoned it. So, like, I when I think about what it would look like for me to delete dating apps, it would be a a very solitary existence because I yeah. like cannot get over the hump of being bolder in person. I just wish. I wish I could, but yeah. Um, but well, so that all sounds good. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so I have a sort of callback update to one of my phone throwing moments from last week. Great. The patrons have already heard about this whole thing front to back and yeah. they will get far more detail than I'm about to reveal here. So if you want more detail, go there. But so originally, like we talked about last week, he did not reply Mm-hmm. However, he then did reply while I was on a first date this past week. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and so on the Patreon, I read all the text front to back. Um, but Great. here, suffice to, yes, receipts. Suffice to say that I feel really good about the interaction. I feel like part of what was driving, upon reflection, part of what was driving my reach out to him is that I thought there were things uns- that I had left unsaid. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like, you know, I don't like to use the word closure because I also don't know that things are closed. But as we've said, that's a future me problem. Yeah. But I feel more like settled about where I'm at with it now, like related to my communication with him. That to me is closure. 
Like, yeah, like I, I don't think closure means a relationship isn't a bow. It is that you are emotionally settled as to the outcome. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, so that's how I feel after that interaction. Um, so ultimately that was good. I am glad that he eventually replied. Yeah. Um, he was he, – he told me. He was, like, debating whether or not he should, um, which is why he didn't do it for a while. But speaking of that first date, so – Luckily, this happened towards the end of the date. It was while my date was in the bathroom. I was literally holding my phone, like looking at it while my date was in the bathroom when he texted me. It's like wild timing. Yeah. Um, but that date was a big womp womp. Mm, that's a bummer. Yeah. We're, I nicknamed him the pedestrian. Honestly, it doesn't matter because I won't be seeing him again. Yeah. Um, but I knew – pretty quickly that it was – I had no interest in him. What was that about, do you think? He was very nervous and I don't mean nervous about the date. I mean nervous about life. Oh, like he interesting. Was like a – like his motto is probably better safe than sorry. Got it. That kind of guy. And I, that is not my vibe. How did that come across – like what context did that come across in? Like a lot – just a lot of different things. So he like – he's from New York City. He grew up here. He's never left and doesn't like – and has made that choice purposefully because new things make him nervous. Mm, gotcha. So like that was like one of the very first conversations we had of like he has a, a New York City area code. Mm-hmm. So – and I – which I recognize his cell phone and it's like an old one. It's one that a friend of mine that grew up in the city it's has. It's like an OG I, one. It's an OG area code. Like I know that that area code means he grew up here. Yeah. So I asked him about it. It was one of the very first things I said when we sat down. So we like immediately had this conversation about the fact that he's been here his whole life and like is in a bubble on purpose, has stayed in his bubble on purpose. Gotcha. And how – I guess – because like – I mean you want to be in New York, right? Yes. So it's not about – it's not about him like liking New York. It's about like – his discomfort with experiencing other things. Not necessarily mm. like living other places per se, but like the the reason he's here is not because he loves the city. It's because he's uncomfortable trying new things. Mm, okay. And so that was just a, one example. There were many more examples throughout the date that are a little bit more specific that I won't get into, but like – it just came up over and over again. Like when we were talking about travel and we were talking about food and we, like everything that we were talking about, like he is very set in his ways. Yeah. Like kind of rigid maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, because it, because change makes him nervous. Got it. All and right. that I, that is not compatible. Yeah. Sounds like a bad match. Very bad match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like nice guy. And we actually had fairly easy conversation and we actually ate. We got appetizers and stuff. I was with him for like an hour and a half. So it wasn't a situation where I was like, good God, get me out of here. Right, right. Like Just we could talk. acknowledgement that it was not the right fit. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then – so then that thing – the whole thing happened with the roar while he was in the bathroom. Oh, also, I made – so there was a date. This spot is called Saint-Tropez in the West Village. Super cute date spot. And okay. there were many, many dates happening and – I could we could tell that many of them were early dates as well, just like based on little snippets of conversation we could hear. 
Yeah. Um, also, while I was waiting outside the bar for him, there were two guys that were waiting for women that they were on dating app dates with. Oh, that's amazing. Like I could just tell by the way that they looked at me and I looked at them for a second and then the interaction. Everyone's sort of like darty yeah. eyed checking each other out. Yes. And <sighs> then like the interactions that they had with the women who walked up to them like confirmed my hypothesis. Hey, good to meet you. Yeah. Hi, like like awkward <laughs> hug. Yeah. Yes. Love that. So it's total date spot. So there was these there were these two people that were at the bar behind him that were clearly having a very successful First date, like we could hear snippets of, or I could hear snippets of their conversation. I don't, we never spoke about it, me and the guy. So I don't know if he noticed, but, yeah. but I could watch their body language getting closer and closer together. Like I could just Aww, tell cute. that this, it was so cute. This date was going so well. Love that for them. And yeah, it was awesome. And so they were already there when we got there. And so they left. The guy turns around. We make eye contact. It's my good friend's ex boyfriend. Whoa. Yeah. Holy shit. And like fairly recent and fairly long-term ex-boyfriend. Oh, shit. Not, not that he was doing anything wrong, but yeah, like course. it yeah, was yeah. just like extremely unlikely and then very awkward because like I clearly like made eye contact with this person and then got like very flustered about it. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, I told him that's my friend's ex-boyfriend. Like I didn't know that he was sitting with his back to us this entire time and then yeah. he turned around. Um, so that happened and then, and that had, so the rower text happened, then that eye contact moment happened. Then we walk out of the bar. We immediately established that we're walking in different directions, which is best case. Yeah. And so we hugged goodbye and then we were standing like, I don't know, two feet from each other, like still kind of in the process of saying goodbye. And he tried to lean in to kiss me. But from too great of a distance. So it was like a trust fall, lean yes. forward. <laughs> yes. Well, I practically had to like catch him while simultaneously turning my cheek because I didn't want to kiss him. Yeah. And it, it turned into like another awkward hug, but we had already hugged goodbye. Oh, God. Yeah. So, it was just really so weird, really weird timing and like not a good read of the situation given how totally distant our bodies were. Yeah. Um. So like that happened, whatever, we parted ways. He texted me the next day and said, I had such a great time with you last night, but I got the feeling that you didn't think it was the connection you were looking for. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Does he know he, your script? He, he doesn't have social media, so I, I don't see how he could. That's fucking wild. That's, yeah, he, he like, like pre- he fully predicted. It was like yes, text predict. He incepted, wow. He incepted my my ghosting script or no ghosting. Yeah. Script. Um. So yeah. Did I was you like, did you did you say? Did yes. you confirm? Yeah. Yes. Because the the way that's not ex- the, his exact words were a little bit different, but the way they were phrased, the implication was if I'm off base here, I want I do want to go out with you again. Yeah. Like his implication was was that. Yes, I understand. Um yeah. So, yes, I did I did confirm. I said like, "Hey, like great to meet you too. You're right though. Like Your I had a correct. great time, but yeah, but didn't don't I, I forget exactly what we said. I didn't parrot his words back at him, but then I yeah. had to come up with a new script because he had used my Yeah, you were like, "Oh shit. <laughs> Got to improvise." Yeah. Um, so it was a good interaction overall, but um I have a feeling that it was the the goodbye situation. Has to be. 
It, ha- it has to be. I, there was yeah. – I. that has to be what it was. But um, yeah. So so that happened. Um, I have a few irons in the fire. Great. On people um, – there's one guy that I'm like kind of excited about that I've been talking to on Hinge. Oh, love. Yeah. Um, oh, and actually something that I'm even more excited about, I am going to a speed dating event on Thursday. Oh, my God. So fun. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Did I tell you that I applied to that like curated speed dating? No. Company? No. So there's this company called Amber, A-M-B-Y-R. Mm-hmm. I, this is not a plug for them. I have not been to an event yet. I cannot speak to the to how good they are. But yeah. um, I believe they're in LA and here. Mm. So if I like it, maybe something you can look at. But you have to apply. So their idea, their whole, their whole premise is that they curate speed dating events. I forget how many people are at each one, but it's fairly small. They do background checks on everybody. So you have to pay to apply for it because you have to pay for the background check. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they try to curate it based on your application. Amber Club? Is this it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had seen a bunch of TikToks about it. That's how I found out about it. Um, like mm-hmm. Serena Kerrigan went to one. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. I've seen her on TikTok. Yeah. What's her and deal? While, Who is she? Um, she I, – I'm pretty sure – I'm going to get this wrong. People could let me know. But I'm pretty sure that she like – became famous on social media. She was doing that let's fucking date thing. She was doing like live – like during quarantine, she was going on like live virtual dates. Gotcha. I think it was called let's fucking date. I wouldn't be surprised if this is in LA. The co-founders – it says they – I think it is. It has to be. The idea began at the intersection of Venice Boulevard and Abbott Kinney. So this this isn't in LA. That's deranged. Yeah. So I'll let you know what I think. But basically – so. One of the things that I was saying to her is, oh, and then they do – so that you you apply and then if you make it to like their next step, like past the background check or whatever, they do a virtual Wait, interview you're, with you. are only in New York. The fuck, you guys? Invent it in LA and take it to New York? Get out. Okay. Whatever. I, I don't know. Continue. Uh, I don't stand for these people. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but they do a virtual interview with you. So I had a Zoom call with one of the co-founders and Great. she – was telling me because so I was kind of talking to her about my dating experience and I mentioned the like Thursday dating events that I've been to a couple of and how they were so young. And that was one mm-hmm. of the things that I was really excited about with this concept is that it is more curated. Yeah. And she was like, well, this is actually really serendipitous because the one we have coming up on March 10th is the first one we're going to do that's for 30s and 40s. Amazing. Yeah. So the one I'm going to on Thursday is everybody's over 30. That's great. Yeah. Well, cool. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to be and... rolling oranges into people at Whole Foods. Oh, my God. I I loved that that thing. I just wish – honestly, that's probably the only way that I could overcome my fear of picking somebody up in person because I could just be clumsy and – then yeah. just be like, Ugh! but like, I don't think I would. The problem is, is that the in that TikTok video, she then followed it up with a question. I think I would just pick up my orange and walk away. Right. Yeah. 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 No. You like, need no. the. You need the. You need the. You need the next part. Right. The follow up. Um. Anyway, those are my updates. Um, Great. But I'm very excited for the guest that we have coming on this week. Yeah. So. One of the things that that we've been thinking about is when we had Dara on to talk about her breakup, a lot of the feedback that we got 
was that one of the reasons why people resonated with it so much is because it felt like a quote unquote real person sharing their story and then launching into a conversation based on that yeah. versus somebody that's like a professional in the space. Yeah. Um, and so you and I have been talking about kind of like- I was, like gigg- I was just giggling at the quote unquote because like she is a real person. <laughs> like everyone is a real person. Yes. Yeah. Like a lay person, not a, yeah, not yeah, a dating professional. Um, and so you and I have been talking about like peppering in more guests like that. Um, yeah. And so Megan Wainwright is somebody that I've been following on TikTok for a while. Um, she is based in Toronto. Like I said, she's a TikToker. Um, she's best known for her breakup content, um, but also her dating and relationship content. But one of the ways that she grew on TikTok is through a couple of breakups that she's been through um, and specifically one that had a lot of elements of love bombing in it. Um, and she's been talking about it a lot on her podcast too, which is called Main Character Moment, um, which I also just love as a name. Yeah, that's fun. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhyte.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So I'm excited to chat with Megan. Yeah. Let's hear, let's hear her story. Let's hear her story. back with Megan. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for like our real stories. This is a good one. I'm trying to think of (laughs) – we don't have – this is one of those things where Allie and I have talked about how we want to do something more consistent where we have kind of just people telling a dating story and it becomes a conversation. And so – Real people stories is as far as I've emotionally gotten into committing to a segment name. (laughs) I haven't told this story since it all since it all happened too. So this is me kind of dabbling back into it. So I feel like there's been some time that's passed. This is a good time to kind of get back into it and excited to hear your guys' commentary, thoughts on it. It's definitely it's definitely a wild ride. Damn, I'm yeah. excited. Okay. <laughs> Same. And then we, you know, we took a bunch of questions from listeners about love bombing and Rook and I did a love bombing episode, just the two of us, but a while yeah. ago now. It was a while um, ago. 
It was. It was like way, I mean, way back in the beginning. So I'm excited to talk about it again. But before we get there, we're going to do Weird or Nah. So this week's Weird or Nah is they take you on a trip that they previously took with an ex. Okay. Weird or not. Nah. Okay. And what do we think the listeners said? Mm. So first of all, we always come back to this question, Megan, is how did you come upon this information? Like, why do you know that you're going on the same – Like, How have they presented that, that information? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fucked up if the guy was like, by the way, like, I took Brittany <laughs> on this trip already. Like, shit. Oh, my um, God. Can you imagine? Yeah. That's a breakup offense. But anyway um, – so let's just assume this is true, kind of like a priori, you know it somehow, whatever. You okay. found it out. You like saw it on Instagram yeah. or something, like yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I also would want to know how exact of a replica is it? Is mm-hmm. the itinerary like beat for That's beat exactly the my same? Question. Are you staying or at the same hotel? Or is it just like, I really love Hawaii – Let's go to Hawaii. I've right. been to Hawaii also, with an ex. Is there a special event or a compelling reason behind this trip? Like, are you getting engaged mm. on this trip or something, or you're about to become official? Like, there's some compelling event that he's taking you on this trip. Something else I'd be curious as well. Like this, where he this is where he takes women before he asks them to be his girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. Or like <laughs> he, said, he just loves Hawaii. Just can't can't wait to get back. Can't get enough Hawaii. But no, in theory, I actually don't think this is weird because like, for example, a trip that I've done with an ex that I would like really like to do with another guy is like driving up the one in California. Mm. Um, It's like the coastal highway. You can – you stop in all these like beautiful places. You can stop in Santa Barbara, Pebble Beach, Big Sur. Like it's a really fun multi-day kind of take it slow look at the scenery, hike, whatever scenery. And I would like – like, I don't believe that that is now off limits or tarnished because I've done that. I would not reveal that I've done that. Um, I went to Montana with an ex um, and we had a really good time. But I knew even during the trip, I was like, this trip will be better with the right person. And I cannot wait to go back there and improve on it and feel like this. the trip will be more special with the right person. So I feel like that's another way of looking at the whole trip situation. Okay, but still the question comes down to like what we think the listeners said, right? Yeah, so like we've the, avoided that thus far. Yeah. Um I think that I just think this isn't that weird. And so I'm gonna say 30 weird, 70 nah. And I'm gonna go 40, 60. I'm gonna go 40 weird, 60 nah. I think it depends on the person. It is even less weird than either of y'all thought. It is 49 weird, 51 nah, even split. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah. So wait, it's more weird than we thought. Even – yes. Sorry, I misspoke. Yes, yes, yes. Even more weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even split. Um, What did the weird people say? That most of them I think were making the assumption that it was a pretty much a carbon copy itinerary. Got it. Mm. Like we're staying in the same hotel – and going to the same restaurants every night, like literally, like here's the schedule. Do it, yeah. like, run it back. It's interesting too because I hear that and I'm like, well, that's what I want to do. That with a future partner, I want to take them to some of the same places. But how would I feel if someone did that to me? It might not. It might be a bit of a double standard. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think so. I have done this 
I'll just throw throw that out there. I have taken, I have, there is a little town in the Catskills in upstate, upstate New York. I don't know if that's really the right way to say it, but it's in the Catskills. There's a little town in the Catskills that is the cutest town that has ever existed. And there's like a bunch of amazing hikes to waterfalls and like really great restaurants. And it's just, and like little like bed and breakfast. And it's just a wonderful getaway. I have taken two ex-boyfriends on that trip as like a celebratory trip for big milestones in their lives. We did not, however, stay in the same place. I chose a different bed and breakfast Mm -hmm. the second time. I think that would have felt weird to me. Mm. But we did eat at a lot of the same places because it's a tiny ass town. I was going to say, it's probably limited. Like there's only so many places you can go in this tiny town. Yeah, you probably went maybe to the in- best places the first time. You're like, yeah, oh, exactly. I, I did my fucking research. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to go to the shitty places just because I already went to the best ones. So, and I also this is not a trip I'm taking with a significant other, but I'm leaving. I'm going to Colombia for my birthday in like two weeks, and I'm going with a bunch of girlfriends. But I am largely using the itinerary that I planned with my ex boyfriend in 2020, a trip that we never got to take. But it's like all this research that he did of all these places. <laughs> no, no problem with that. None oh, at no. All. No, no regrets. None. No regrets were found. Um, so the people that said it was weird, they said it for that reason. And the people that said it wasn't weird mostly said what we've been saying here. That's like, what, I can't go to Hawaii now? Like, yeah. that place is just off limits for me forever? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I also really like what you said, Megan, though, about like wanting to share – an amazing thing with the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really it just makes that. it so much more special. And especially if you're, if you kind of know you're not in the right relationship and you're kind of aware of what those shortcomings are and you're in an amazing setting doing something that you know should be so incredible and you just, it doesn't feel right. There's yeah, something like, so God sad damn. about that. I know exactly. And I remember having those moments on this specific trip. I was like, we're, it's so close to being perfect. It's so close to this becoming like this beautiful core memory, but I can tell something is not right. But I also know that I definitely want to come back here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because of Montana. Through no it's fault of Montana. Of Montana. <laughs> yeah. No, Montana was not at fault. In this. Uh-uh. <laughs> Love Montana. Cannot wait to get back. <laughs> I've never been and I hear it's amazing. So I'm on, bo- I'm on board with that. It is. It's, it's a great trip. Um, so speaking of exes, um, so Megan, we mentioned sort of hinted up top that we wanted to bring you on because you have a very interesting story to tell. And so I do. we would love to hear more about that, kind of give the listeners a little bit more background and then we can kind of launch into our chat. Yeah. So I think the one kind of component to know going into this story is that I had gone through a breakup from a serious relationship. The guy that I went to Montana with, we broke up in May of 2021. So I took a few months. I was just living my best single life, kind of picking up the pieces, regrouping after the breakup. And maybe three months after the breakup, I get this email. And the email says, hi, Megan, I found you on Instagram. I never do this. I figured I would send you an email because you probably get a lot of DMs, but you seem really cool and smart. You're obviously beautiful. I would love to take you out sometime. I have a feeling we would hit it off. And I had no idea who he was. I had no idea what he looked like. But I think at that point in my journey, I was open to things. I was open to saying yes. I hadn't been on any dates at that point in time. So I was like, 
why not? Maybe this is a great opportunity for me to just say yes and go on a date. So I ended up responding to him in a way that I thought was funny. I was like, hey, fill out this below questionnaire. I'll be in touch if it's a good fit. And he <laughs> takes that. I'm like, we'll see how we'll see how he reacts, whether he's into that, thinks it's funny or not, will be, you know, green, red flag. He replies back, says, please see the attached PDF. He has created this multi-page PowerPoint. It's customized. It's pink. There's graphics and pictures. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, no guy has shown me this level of effort. There's creativity involved. He has um, created a list of potential restaurant ideas. I'm like, this guy hasn't even met me. And he's taken the time to do something nice for me and show how interested he is. And at the time, I thought it was really cute and endearing. I also you know, kind of knew I have to meet him and then maybe it won't be cute. But we yeah. go on the date and it's a really good first date. I do kind of write him off. I'm like, I think you're, I think it's kind of similar to some of my exes, just kind of like a nice Midwest boy. I was, I, I remember thinking to myself, if I dated him, which I feel like this guy literally wants to like be in a relationship with me. I kind of get that vibe. If we <laughs> did this, I feel like it would unfold like some of my past relationships and I'm looking for something different. And I was also about to move from Chicago to Toronto and this is at Chicago at this point. So I come to Toronto for a few weeks to start my move. I go back and I hit him up. We message a little bit on Instagram in between. So at this point, he's not stepping over any boundaries. Nothing weird's happening. Right after the first date, he does text me the next day and is like, what's your week like before you go back to Toronto? Um, let's go kayaking. Because I had said I wanted to go kayaking the Chicago River. Oh, so again, great. I'm like, green flag. He's taking, he's showing initiative. He's showing interest. He's listening to something I had said. That yeah. seems cute. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like kind of busy. I don't think I have the time. So no boundaries are being crossed. Everything seems very organic. I come back to Chicago. I'm like, do you want to get dinner? He says, yes. He picks the restaurant. He plans it. Looks like it's going to rain. He calls the restaurant to see if we can go inside. So like little details where I'm like, oh, this is a really great green flag. Over the week that I'm that I have left in Chicago, we end up hanging out every single night. He helps me move literally is driving to FedEx, getting boxes. He helps pack up my kitchen, my closet. He coordinates with the movers. And we wow. have this just kind of whirlwind week. And the whole time, nothing really felt like, it didn't feel like love bombing. I remember feeling at times like it was a little bit much, like he was very available, obviously, a little too available at times. And I would kind of go back and forth. I'd be like, I really, I really like him. He's different. We seem to really connect. But then there would be other times where I'd be like, I don't really like that he just said that. That was kind of icky. And it kind of feels like we're cosplaying being in a relationship. Like it just felt mm. like we had been dating for oh. two years. And at this point, we had known each other for like a week. And I remember saying to one of my girlfriends, I was like, I feel like either he's like a psychopath or we're meant to be and this is cosmic. There's no in between. But I did kind of <laughs> pick up on that at that point in time. It just... We just seem to click so well, have so much in common. There seemed to be this like deep connection. He was very emotionally available. Lots of things that I had not had in my relationship before. So I was all, I was all about it. I was really leaning into it, even though there would be moments where I'd be like, ew. <laughs> Do you remember what anything, an example of something icky? Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was an interesting one. He would say... I would ask him like what he liked to do and he'd made it he made it seem like he didn't do anything. He'd be like, "I'm a loser." Like all of my friends are in serious relationships and he'd say that. He'd be like, "I'm a loser." And I'd be like, "Why do you keep saying that about yourself? Like that's really weird." 
And I think looking back, he had a bit of a victim complex. Like I remember Mm -hmm. asking him about his ex and he was like, oh, well, she cheated on me. She broke up with me. I have no idea why she broke up with me. I was like, you have no idea why your ex broke up with you two years ago. I remember thinking that was weird. I was like, you haven't done any self-reflection at all to figure out what happened. But everything This is like seemed- therapy Jeff, Allie. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. Everything seemed just like lit- simple enough. It would just be one little thing where I'd be like, I didn't really like that. There were definitely a lot of compliments too. And, and essentially what happens is we start dating long distance. We're FaceTiming every couple of days for like hours at a time. He sends me the most beautiful bouquet of flowers when I move into my new place with this note that says to the girl constantly on my mind, congratulations on the move. Your Pisces baby can't wait to see it. And I remember loving the card besides that one last line because I was like, and that's the, that's an example of he would do something cute, but then make it icky. Like the your yeah. Pisces baby, like no thank you. Works in my faces both just went like wide eyed at that detail. But it, exactly, and I felt the same way. I felt the same way, and I remember thinking like the flowers are so nice. No one's done something like this for me. The your Pisces baby, like maybe you're just trying to make an inside joke because I had started. I had taught him a little bit about astrology. We talked about that a little bit. But the, it was like the yours, like the fact that he, he's like, I'm yours. And at this point, we'd only been dating like a couple of weeks. I also noticed really quickly he would say like, he would say we a lot. Like, we got to get you set up. We got to get you to, like, as if he was trying to help me. But he would kind of package us together as a duo. And it was so early in. I remember thinking, and I think I actually told him, I was like, I don't really feel comfortable when you use the word like we. You refer to us as we. It's so early in. I feel like you kind of need to like lead up to that. You have to earn that. There needs yeah. to be an actual yeah. foundation. There needs to be a we before you can. Right. They're like, he's like creating the we by saying we. How did he react when you, when you would like kind of push back on stuff like that? He'd be like a little sensitive about it. He would understand. He'd be like, you're totally valid in your feelings. Like, I feel like his whole MO, he'd be very just kind of, oh, like. I'm sorry. Like, I remember saying to him early on, I was like, remember, you and I are strangers. I'd appreciate if you treated me like a stranger until you get to know me. And he'd be like, you think we're strangers? And I, he would kind of like infantize it a little bit, which was weird. But then he would go on and be super normal. So there would be these little moments. Yeah, that's very weird. I'd be like, I'd be like, is this guy like a fucking crazy person? Like, you seem psychotic. But then he'd be so normal, so cool, so down to earth. We'd like have these really interesting and dynamic conversations. He came to visit me in Toronto. He stayed with me. Everything was totally normal. So there would be the moments where I'd be like, that was weird. That was weird, but it would be just one moment. And then the moment yeah. would pass. And then it would be normal. And I'd be like, oh, I'm really into him. So that, uh, that kind of continued onwards for a uh, couple months at that point. I think I also felt really in control of the situation. I told him, look, I just got out of a serious relationship. I'm not ready to be exclusive, to put a label on things. And he said, that's totally okay. I just want you to know that like, I, like you were worth waiting for. I'm all in on you. I'm not on dating apps. I'm not going to be talking to anyone. Like, but I also want to give you your space to feel like, you know, you're confident in your decision. And, and I just hope that you end up wanting, you know, to pursue something with me. So the whole time I kind of felt like I held the cards, even though looking back, I didn't. Uh, that's like a ni- I if I were to hear that, like, that's like a nice thing for him to have said. It sounds, it, yeah. Like I in the moment, I would have been like, okay. 
Yeah, I, I was like, I felt very, I felt very confident in how he felt about me. And I think because in my past relationship, I never had that validation. It felt really nice to have it. And I feel like there was definitely a lot of comparing and contrasting to, to all of a sudden have all these compliments to the point mm-hmm. that it would be too many compliments. And I would tell him, I'd be like, hey, you don't need to like tell me every two seconds something that's like great about me. And over time, the, the compliments would scale and it'd be like, you're a goddess, you're a queen, you're precious. I want to take care of you. And I'd say, okay, this is like, this is too much. Can we just, can we tone it down a little bit? And then he would, yeah. he'd be like, okay, I just... I just like you so much. And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then on the, on the last trip, I went back and forth between Toronto and Chicago a couple times. Um, I ended up meeting his family. He introduced me to his, uh, his brother, sister-in-law, their nephew. I went up to lunch with his parents and it seemed like this was going to be a real thing that we were in this serious relationship there would still be these moments where things would just be too much. And he would say, like the first time we said, I love you, the next day he comes up to me and he's like, hi, love of my life. And I was like, whoa. Oh, oh gosh. And it would happen so fast. And I'd be like, what? And he'd be like, what do you mean what? And then he would go and he would misdirect. He would direct me to something else. And it would like the beat would pass. And I'd be like, did that just happen? Did he really just say that? He would kind of like try out little things. I feel like he would test my boundaries a little bit. Like he would try, he would call mm. me different nicknames yeah. to see if that like caught on. I mean, he would talk, I mean, he started talking about our wedding like on the second date, but he framed it as being a joke. But then over time, it wasn't a joke. And then I remember, and this is, I haven't shared this anywhere. There was this one time I was, ref- I was telling him about this TikTok I had seen. It was about um, postpartum after, you know, having a baby. And I said, oh, did you know that like a lot like women like have to wear diapers like after they have a baby? And he says to me, I can't wait until that's you and I I can't wait till that happens to you one day and I get to take care of you. And I was so horrified and it happened so fast. I was like, did he really just say that to me? I get to take care of you part. That that part makes me real uncomfy. I kind of wonder if there's like some kinks at play here, some like fetishes of illness. Like he really, that was like a reoccurring theme, wanting to take care of me, wanting to be this savior, wanting Mm. me to be sick so he could comfort me. He just wanted to, I mean, towards the end, he was like doing my laundry and he was just, he got, he seemed to really get off on doing it. And being like, look, I folded your stuff. I used my special detergent. Like, isn't this so nice? Like, you deserve it. You're a queen. And at this point, I was like, okay, this is all becoming a little weird. Can't really put my finger on it because it's these weird individual moments. And then before any of this really went on even further. It's like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts vibes. Exactly. And then before I could go on even longer, thank God, I found out that he had been on dating apps the whole time. And I went out <gasps> one night. I went out one night and um, I was out with my friend. I came back. Uh, this is after we've said, I love you. I've met his family. And I were about to go to bed. And I got an email from one of my followers who had seen him in my content on TikTok. And she said, um, she said, I'm really hoping that this is a misunderstanding and there's an explanation. I've been following along with your breakup journey and this new relationship. I think this is your, I think this is your boyfriend. I, um, I saw that he was active. I sent him a like to see if he would initiate a conversation and he did. Here are the screenshots. Oh. 
I'm really hoping that there's an explanation. So immediately I'm just, I, I, I'm literally in bed lying next to him. And I'm like, I need you to stop touching me for a second. I just got a really disturbing email. It's about you. And um, I just need to process what I'm reading. And the whole time he's like, what are you looking at? Like, what's going on? Like, you're scaring me. Like, you're freaking me out. And I eventually I'm like, I'm going to read something to you. And I'm going to show you a screenshot. And I just want you to explain to me what I'm seeing. At this point, I'm I'm thinking there's an explanation. This guy isn't cheating on me. He's obsessed with me. He's in love with me. Uh, definitely not cheating on me. I read him in the email and he's like, what? I deleted the dating apps. And I'm like, well, yeah, but this girl says that you you were active like and messaged her. Messaged her back. To, yeah. Today. To, like early, like a couple hours ago when I was out with my friend. And he just goes, I just... I would hope that I've proven to you through my actions that I would never cheat on you. I love, I'm all in on you. I love you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's all great. Can you respond to what I'm showing you right now? He just right. keeps I was going to say, none of that, again. that is all completely irrelevant. irrelevant. He keeps saying again and again, I deleted the dating apps. I deleted the dating apps. He keeps saying that again and again. Eventually, I moved to the bathroom, I locked the door. I literally am Googling on, I'm Googling like hinge. Like, what does it mean if someone invites you to start a chat? I'm like gaslighting myself at this point. I'm like, there must be an explanation. Surely he was not on a dating app messaging someone a couple hours ago. And then, I mean, and this goes to show how stupid he is. He's on the other side of the door. He's like, let me in. I love you. I deleted the apps. I'm like, go get me your phone. He goes, yeah, gets me that's... his phone. I'm like, unlock the phone and slide it through under the door, which he does. I then go to re-download the dating apps. I re-download, I go to re-download Hinge. I see it's in the cloud. When I re-download Hinge, it says, you have been permanently banned from Hinge. <gasps> and I'm like, that's weird. Um, I then re-download Raya. And Raya, it logs me right in. And my heart just drops. I scroll through and there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of messages throughout the entire time that we had had this relationship, well into when we had become official, where boyfriend, girlfriend had said, I love you. I had met his family. There, there was a message from the night before I came into this trip and he's talking to some girl and is like, and she's like, when are you going to come to New York? And he's like, do you have a couch I can stay on? And messaging to girls, like copying and pasting. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Truth or dare, truth or dare, truth or dare, truth or dare. I could Holy not even shit. believe what I was what seeing. Kind of, what kind of fucking idiot is he to slide his phone under the door? I no, I don't know. And the whole – it was so mind-blowing. I literally felt like I was in a dream. I was like, this can't – eventually I open the door. I hold the most recent Raya message up in front of his face. And I say, what does this say? And he goes, December 9th. And I'm like, in the year? He's like, 2021. I'm like – you sent this to a girl. This was last week. And he's like, I deleted the dating apps. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh my God. I literally felt like I was taking crazy pills. But at that point, I lock, I close the door. I lock him back out. He's like, baby, baby, please. I love you. I deleted the apps. I call my sister and she's like, <laughs> why is like, the refrain? Oh my God. It's so fucking funny to me. She just again and again and again. It's like two in the morning at this point. I still have another five days into my trip into Chicago. Into Chicago. I call my sister. She's like, you need to get out of there right now. Call all your Absolutely. friends. If you, can't yeah. find, if you can't find a place to stay, I'm going to book you a hotel right now. 
all of, I'd been there for like almost two weeks. So my shit is everywhere. I'm then starting to pack up the whole time. He's like, where, where are you going? I'm like, it's over. He's like, anywhere, anywhere, here? anywhere. Re- absolutely insane. So eventually like I literally, and I was going to borrow one of his suitcases. I didn't have enough room in my luggage. I literally was throwing clothes into the elevator throwing clothes into the elevator. And we were about to celebrate Christmas the next day. And because this guy had been so wonderful to me, I thought I splurged and got him a Dyson vacuum. And the last thing I grab before I leave is this giant ass box. And I say to him, this is a Dyson vacuum. I'm taking it with me. You don't get it. Fuck you. You're never going to see me ever again. And I left. He called me a few (laughs) times. He sent me like the craziest, most unhinged paragraph, just like, what did he say? One of his justifications, he's like, I went on Raya just to confirm that I had deleted my dating app account. And when I originally was on Raya, I wasn't trying to talk to anyone. I just wanted to see if there were any celebrities on the app. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It, this guy is I mean, in, insane. Like there's, a, there's like some serious problems with this dude. And uh, yeah, and then eventually... I left. I never, re- I blocked him. He never texted me again. I then made a bunch of TikToks about it that went super viral. And then he like changed his Instagram handle. He deleted his LinkedIn at one point. And then uh, maybe like a month and a half later, one of my followers was like, hey, isn't this the guy who love bombed you and cheated on you? Because he had sent her essentially the same message that he had emailed me saying, hey, I have a fe- I saw you on a dating app and I have a feeling we'd hit it off. And she responded oh to him, well, I've seen Megan Wainwright's TikToks. I don't think we would. And then I made a video about that. And then he once again changes his Instagram handle, like goes into hiding for a little bit. So every now and then he pops back up. I'm more than willing to take it to take it to social media because I think this guy is an absolute menace to society. Jesus. Holy the fir- shit. The- for the first time that you came on my FYP, Megan, was when you were coming home with the Dyson vacuum that it that you had wrapped in wrapping paper. And the wrapping paper somehow made it from Chicago to Toronto being checked like fully intact. I, I had to. I literally just slapped the sticker on the wrapping paper and I was like, please do not tear off and then just be this random Dyson vacuum floating floating around. But everything made it back in one piece. I made it back in one piece. But it's been such a crazy thing to reflect on. It's such a crazy story to tell now too. I'm like, how, and honestly, when I reflect back on it, I'm like, how did I not shut this down so long ago, why did I keep making these justifications? And anytime there were these weird little moments or he would push a boundary or it would just be too much too soon. Why did I not take that as enough of a red flag to be like, you know what? I'm shutting this down. Why did I keep giving him the benefit of the doubt? Because in between those moments, he was cool and I liked him. That That is so relatable. A, like, a piece of your story that really resonated with me, reminded me of – so I've I've told the story of my relationship with this guy that we call the oyster on the pod. Yeah. Yep. That is like my love bombing story. But I have never shared this particular interaction with him. Oh, let's go. That – I don't even think I've told you this work. That oh, you reminded me, Megan, when you said the thing about the love of your love of my life. So I started dating the oyster in end of January, early February 2020. And so we – and we got super serious super fast and we'll like talk – probably talk about that more as we get into listener questions and whatnot. But he said, I love you after I want to say nine days, something like that. It was like 
wild. Mm. So we were – he was staying at my apartment basically for the weekend. He lived also in New York City but like kind of far from me. So he was staying with me for the weekend. We were out at dinner at this sushi place. And I think this was the day after he had said I love you. And I hadn't said it yet. I said it like the next day. We're sitting at dinner. We were talking about dating and our relationship goals and what we're looking for. Mind you, like we're in like a quote unquote serious relationship already. And only now having this discussion because we've known each other for like eight days. And I said something about like looking for my person. And he grabbed my hand and said, hi, person. Oh, 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 I don't like that at all. And I like physically cringed at it in the moment. And I like, but then I immediately, I remember thinking like, wait, no, this is good. Like you like this guy and he is so sure about you and he knows that you're his person. Like, this is amazing. This isn't bad. Like, why are you having this reaction? Like, this isn't bad. And so I, like, pushed aside that, like, initial gut, mm-hmm. this feels wrong reaction. It's interesting that you have the physical feeling and then your brain is like, no, 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 this is a good thing. This is what you're looking for. And I think that's where love bombing gets so tricky and confusing because a lot of the, the symptoms and the signs of it are things that objectively you're, you want, There are things you Mm want to find in a relationship. It's just all about intention and the timing. Like when it's too much too soon, then it's really icky and gross. But I feel like that's like why people get love bombed. It's not so black and white where you're like, oh, I'm being love bombed. Bye. You give them the benefit of the doubt, even when they say weird shit like, hi, person. And you're like, oh, I just got got the ick so hardcore, but, but I really like you and we're in a serious relationship now. So I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm getting the ick like two years later being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why didn't you run out of that sushi restaurant? But, oh. Um, so before – I know. Before we go any further, we should define love bombing just in case – I don't know. It, it's probably impossible that anybody listening has not heard this term come onto their radar at some point. But um, – I would look, there's a bunch of different definitions, but one of the ones that I looked up that I think is a good working one is the action or practice of lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. Yeah. And I want to talk about that last piece for a second because I think the word especially is interesting because what are y'all's thoughts on whether or not love bombing needs to be intentional? Mm. I think. I think it needs to be intentional because if the person is good hearted and it's coming from a good place, they're just really excited. If you communicate that, Hey, you're being, a, it's like a little too much too soon. I'm not feeling super comfortable. And they respect that and change the behavior, then that's okay. And then that gives it space to maybe become something real and you can be on the same page. I don't think a love bomber is going to respond to that in the same way. I think when you try and set a boundary, they're going to be really defensive or they're going to play the victim. Maybe they'll get a little aggressive. I think whatever the responsive is, it's not going to be what what you would hope for. That's a great distinction. Yeah. I I think that for me, maybe love bombing can be unintentional, but that it, they're not a love bomber. Like somebody mm. could be love bombing you in the sense that they are lavishing you with affection and, you know, whatever it is too soon. But but if you call it out, then they're like, okay, my bad. Yes, I respect that boundary. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's not a problem to your point. But if they're pushing back on it, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Rourke? Yeah, I think – I feel like – do you guys feel like you said something different? I feel like you guys are aligned. I think so. Well, I just think it can be unintentional. But it, but I would still call it love bombing, even if it's unintentional and innocent, as long as it – I guess – But it's okay as long as it stops. I guess I would say, like, it, it, there's a question of – are we saying it's unintentional if they don't know what it means to love bomb, but they're doing the acts mm. of it? Like that is oh, still intentional behavior. And you that's don't, funny I think. That. I like I don't that. think you have to think to yourself, "I am going to love bomb now." Like <laughs> you're not like you know, like Mister Evil in the lab, whatever. <laughs> but like you are thinking, like to Megan's situation, he was like, I'm going to put together this like lavish PowerPoint and make her think she's so special. And like that, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. But then when I called him, eventually called him out, like in the breakup conversation, I'm like, you have been love bombing me this whole time. I would tell him, wow, it's going to be so wild if it turns out you've been love bombing me this whole time. And he'd be like, well, I hope my actions prove that it's genuine and it's real. And then when we're actually breaking up and I say, you have been love bombing me, sir. This whole time it's not real. It was love bombing. And he goes, I I don't even know what love bombing is. So I mean, like that, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's actually a really good point though, Rook, that like they they don't have to be familiar with the term to be perpetrating the behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, Megan, I have it's so funny. I have I've told this story a couple times on the podcast. I have such like a uh, strange relationship to the concept of love bombing. Obviously the key indicator is manipulation here, but my parents got engaged after six dates and have been together for 37 years. Mm, And so when people tell me like whirlwind stories, I'm like, okay, (laughs) seems fine. (laughs) Like it just like doesn't bother me. Like I don't have any sort of like, I'm not trigger, and I've never been loved. Like I don't have that trigger in me. And yeah. so I wonder what it's like for you to date, like, with that experience going, like, having been so negative, whereas I have this, like, weirdly positive connotation of being like, oh, yeah, no, you're the one. I know this after two weeks. Yeah. And I feel like when you are being love bombed, that's what you're hoping for. That's what you're telling yourself. You're like, Pe- that happens. People have these right. one experiences where they meet and it's just right. And you know when you know and – you kind of tell yourself those things to justify it. But I mean, at the end of the day, time will tell. And that's what I, that's what I told myself. I was like, whether this is, cause I kind of had an inkling it could be, I hoped it wasn't. Yeah. I hoped that we were just a really good fit and had just cosmically met each other. But I always knew like time will tell if this is real or if it's not, if it's, if it's authentic or if it's manipulative, I'll find out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But that's sad How do because- you- I don't think that could ever – I don't think, like, the whirlwind thing could ever happen for me now. I think it's been ruined, unfortunately. <laughs> so that was going to be my next question, actually, is, like, how do you think, like, moving forward, like, bringing that with you? Like, well, how mm-hmm. how do you think you would approach something like that? I think taking how it, it slow – Yeah. I think yeah. taking it slow is something that needs to be at the forefront of any dating journey I have not getting to, and I think it's keeping my own feelings in check. It's being over, overly analytical about what they're doing, which makes me sad in a sense, because I kind of just want to, I, I wish I could just date and just have fun and not worry that someone is trying to trick me and manipulate me. But now that it's happened, and I know that I connected with so many people who it's happened to as well, I think it's a common thing. 
I oh, want to sure. now, I want to protect myself. I am now a little bit more cynical when it comes to dating, but at the same time, I do think that's going to prevent this from happening to me again. And I think it's just going to, it's going to give me more tools to vet people when I date them. Cause I don't know, love, love bombing can be kind of like on a smaller scale too. Like I remember talking to this guy on a dating app and the conversation was going well at first. He was cute. But then as soon as we moved over to texting, we hadn't even met. And he was just like bombarding me with texts. Like I wouldn't respond and he would send four follow-ups. He made comments about making, this was the summer. He made comments about making plans in the winter time. And he's like, oh, when you move to Toronto, I'm going to take you to all these restaurants. And I eventually just like stopped responding because I was like, this is love bombing. This feels like love bombing. I've never met We you. don't know each other. We've never we don't met. Know each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's it on like a smaller scale. It didn't even become true, like love bombing it in the more traditional sense, but it's out there. And at least at that point I knew that that was weird. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think something that you said about him not seeming to have much else going on in his life, at least the way that he was mm. portraying it to you resonates with me because something that I think I am more cognizant of now after that situation is like, I know when we've said this on the pod before, I know I'm awesome. Like, I know that eventually when somebody gets to know me and date me, they're going to think I'm the shit and that like, you know, think I'm amazing. But this man that I've been on one date with does not know that yet mm -hmm. to the point where he would be fully devoted to me. So if somebody is able to be fully devoted to me and want to spend all of his time with me after knowing me for 24 hours, why is the rest of his life so empty? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that, that's like, something um, that like didn't occur to me before. Yeah. It's true. I feel like my ego definitely came into play because to your point, I was like, I'm awesome. Of course he's going to be obsessed with me. And of course he's going to want to hang out with me all the time and cancel all his plans to hang out with me because I'm so fun. But like you said, you don't, you don't want someone who's going to do that. You want to date someone who has their own life filled with their own, you know, friends and routines yeah. and passions and hobbies and things that are important to them. You don't want to date someone who's just going to throw everything they're doing away to, uh, to cater to you. That's, uh, that's yeah. not the type of partnership you want. No. Do you have a litmus test to distinguish between genuine interest and, you know, initiative, plan making, that type of good stuff, and then the over the top, this feels dicey stuff. I wish I did. I feel like it's just gut feeling. I feel mm. like that that's all you can really trust is your gut. You're like if it feel if it feels like too much too soon, it probably is. If it feels like a good amount, that's a good thing. If it feels like you're not getting enough, that's another red flag to listen to. But I think it all comes down to literally what is your body telling you? Does this give you anxiety and stress or does this make you feel good? And even in my love mm -hmm. bombing, even in even with the flowers, there was still the line, your Pisces baby can't wait to see it. Everything kind of came with those strings attached. There's a little cringiness involved. It was never just, this is organically happening. This is happening at a natural pace. It never felt like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think something for me that you hit on, Megan, that I have taken into relationships since the oyster is listening to how my what my body is telling me more. Mm. I remember distinctly, so maybe our third or fourth date. We were already boyfriend and girlfriend, naturally. And <laughs> duh. And I was staying over at his place and he was in the shower maybe. And I was sitting on his bed and I had an 
overwhelming feeling of anxiety in my chest, like like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And in that moment, I talked myself through it, like the way that I talk myself through anxiety all the time. But like the things that I was saying to myself were, no, you do really like him. This is fine. Like he is your boyfriend and you really like him. You are not anxious about him. You're just getting in your own way. And I talked myself through this like mild anxiety attack that was my, in hindsight, my gut telling me that I did not feel right in that relationship. Yeah. That's so funny you share that because I also had a similar experience. It was when he was in Toronto visiting me and there was this one day where I woke up and my, I just had the worst stomach pains. And I never like it wasn't it wasn't something that I was that I normally experienced. And the entire day, I just felt unwell and sick. And we ended up kind of canceling some of our plans because I just felt I just like did not feel good. And I never really understood what it was. And throughout the time we were together, I would have these reoccurring pains or symptoms and just weird things that made me feel like it was not my body. And as soon as the relationship ended that stopped happening. Whoa. Uh, This is like weird parallel universe shit right now, Megan, because I was breaking out in these rashes when I was dating the oyster. And like there was one night when we – this whatever, that's not TMI. We thought that I was allergic to this lube at one point because I was like breaking out. I was breaking out in ways that I never had before, but then we stopped using it and it was still happening. Like it looked like I had like red streaks down my arms. It was terrible. And since we broke up, it has never happened again. But like, like the emotional shit manifesting itself physically, I think is a real thing. Oh, yeah. And and That's stress, sure. like, lowering your immune system also. Like, when yes. you're, like, anxious and stressed and then your immune system is, like, complete shit. Yeah. It's just crazy how that can be happening. I just lost happening. a bunch of weight. I, <laughs> just casually. It's just crazy how that can be yeah. happening and your body is literally freaking out and is like, remove yourself from the situation. I'm begging you. And you're like, no, this is my boyfriend. I'm pretty sure we're in love and going to get married. Your body's like, yeah. fuck you. I'm breaking you're out like- in hives. You're literally allergic to him. And you're like, no, this is fine. This is great. This is fine. And then I, I remember telling my mom, like, it was so sweet. When I was, like, in the shower, I was, like, taking a cold shower because it felt good on it. And he was so worried about me that he was, like, sitting in the bathroom with me. And I was saying to my mom later, like, how sweet it was that he was, like, doing that. And, like, in hindsight, like, he's the fucking reason why I'm breaking out in hives all the time. Oh, my God. That is brutal. Yeah. It was it was not good. Um, but so you talked, Megan, about that, you know, that situation where that guy in the dating app was talking about like doing all this stuff in the future and, you know, but I feel like there is some level of future talk that I want to have with somebody. Mm. Obviously not a person I've never met before, just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how do you balance that now? Like some one of the listeners asked, like, you know, balancing sharing what you hope for the future without love bombing someone. Yeah. I feel like if you just keep it on yourself, like at the end of the day, you set your own boundaries. You decide what you feel comfortable sharing with someone when you feel comfortable sharing it. As soon as you loop someone into that future plan or someone loops you into their future plan, whether you're talking about where you want to live in five years, if you want to have kids, if you want to get married, I think if it's 
And again, only you can decide what's comfortable and what's not. But when you're just talking about yourself and you're like, oh, this is what I want to do for me. This is what I've always thought I've wanted to do. I think that's okay. If someone's sharing that about themselves, if they loop me into that and they're like, and who knows, like maybe it'll be you and me living on that farm one day. Ha ha. Not ha ha. I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> no, no, you can go no. on your farm. Not with me. On date one, sir. No, thank you. Not ha ha. <laughs> Not ha ha. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's an interesting balance. So I went on a date, my first date since this all happened on Thursday. And we ended up being there for several hours. I maybe shared a little bit than I wish I could have. It came up in conversation. I made a comment about like having kids and I was like, you know, I'm actually not sure if it's for me, which I always used to. And I kind of went on a little bit of a, a rant and then he kind of, I kind of stopped talking. He goes, yeah, I haven't I've really given that any thought. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was talking about myself, but like, I wasn't like, I didn't like bring him into that, but I feel like maybe on a first date, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to like not bring that up. Cause that made me feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I kept it about me. I was not like, hey, right. you and me, maybe. <laughs> definitely, definitely not the intention there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think objectively first date is too early. Like, I think we can probably all agree on that. Um, yeah. But then I do like the idea of somebody saying, potentially at the end of a first date, like, oh, I there's another place that I really want to take you. Would you want to go out again? Like that's, that'd be fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think if it's talking about the next thing you're going to do together and it's, it's nothing beyond that. It's just like, Hey, let's go on another date. Let's go to this rat. Like, would you want to go out or, Oh, like maybe next time we'll do this. I feel like that's really chill and what you want. You want someone that is interested in showing that interest. But I feel yeah. like if it's beyond that, if it's like, Hey, but maybe in six months we'll take a little trip to upstate New York. You're like, this is our, our second date. How about we talk baby? about the third date? <laughs> yeah. Be like, hey, maybe if you go through a major life milestone, I'll take you to my little town in the Catskills. <laughs> yeah. Start working towards that promotion little, now. <laughs> I know this amazing little Airbnb. <laughs> oh. So it's funny because ASV and I, another one of my exes we call ASV, we stayed in like, it's like the only Airbnb that is a freestanding one and not just a room in someone's house in that town. And it was so fucking cute with like an outdoor hot tub. I obviously cannot stay in that same Airbnb ever again. Like the same bed worked. I can't do that. Oh, I mean, I could. Oh, <laughs> no. But like it makes me sad because it was like the perfect – it was better than the bed and breakfast to like have our own little spot. But anyway, I yeah. digress. Um, That's hilarious. So the last kind of topic that people asked about is if that is happening to you, what are some strategies that we can talk about about calling it out, course correcting, like, you know, it mm. to get things on the track that you're comfortable with? Yeah. I think acknowledge and specify what the specific behavior is. This is this this is the example of what you did and this is how it made me feel. And then I think I would give space to just see what the reaction is and know that how you proceed, how you choose to proceed should be based off of their reaction. If they take the time, they listen to you, they um they validate your feelings. And they're like, I'm going to change the behavior. And they change the behavior. I think that's a green flag. If they do anything but that, I think that's a red <laughs> flag. 
And maybe you're going to, maybe there's going to be a couple more times for that, where that same cycle happens. Maybe after the first time you're like, I'm out. Only you can set that boundary. But I think, like I said, identify the behavior to them, tell them how it made you feel, and then sit back and how do they respond? And then, yeah. then you proceed. I think that's great advice. Yeah. I think that's perfect. That's like, I, I wish that I had had more. Like, I don't even have any examples of doing that. Like you mentioned in your story, Megan, of like, you would kind of say, hey, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Or I don't even have any of those examples because I never said anything. And so I don't even know, like, I don't know what that reaction would have been. Like, I hope I never have the opportunity to see, to try to yeah. call something like that out and Let's see what happens. Let's not experiment with this. <laughs> don't, I'm not trying to experiment with it for sure. Um, one thing that did happen was that on our, I don't actually think I've shared this either. Um, on our first date, we went back to his apartment to like, the classic, like, I have this, like, bottle of wine back at my apartment that instead of getting a cap, we can, like, have glasses of wine. He was like, don't worry. Like, I'll call you a lift. Because I said to him, I was like, I'm not staying over. He was like, totally. I'll call you a lift. Like, you know, we'll just have a couple glasses of wine, whatever. And, like, we were sitting on the couch, whatever, like, making out, all this stuff. And he ended up convincing me to stay there. Like, didn't push my physical boundaries at all. But, like, convinced me to stay there by basically being, like, you don't have to leave. Like, you know, isn't this the best first date you've ever been on? Like, don't you feel the same way? It's the best first date you've ever been on. Don't you want to like keep spending time together? Like, haven't I shown you that it's, that I'm safe? And like that, that's the only time. And that was on our first date that I like tried to set a boundary for like over familiar, overly familiar behavior that made me uncomfortable. And it certainly was not respected. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like love bombing works. They just do it again and again to the point that you're like, oh, I guess this is okay. I guess yeah. I like this is safe. I can trust you. They say again and again, aren't we meant to be? We're meant to be. Aren't we so great together? Don't we just don't yeah. feel the same way? They say it so many times that you're like, I yeah, I, I guess. I do. Yeah. I literally, that's what happened. He's like, isn't this the best first date you've ever been on? And the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. So when he kept saying that, I was like, yeah, okay, he's right. Yes, this is the best first first date. Man's got a point. He's got a point. Yeah. I'm like, I guess I I guess I should stay here. And like again, I want to be super clear that he didn't push any like physical boundaries whatsoever. Like, but even that like interaction looking back, I was like, hmm. So anywho, I really like your advice, Megan, for for calling it out. Yeah. Me too. And I think People are going to really resonate with your story. I, I yeah, hope thank so, you so I much. You, not, you're a great so. storyteller. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually you. very true. I hope I hope that nobody resonates with the story, but I feel that many people will. I do think it's so important to talk about love bombing. Looks like so many different things. I feel like it's happened to so many people I've spoken to, and I think the more awareness there is about it, the more stories that are out there, the more people can apply that to their own lives and prevent it from happening. They're like, wait a second. I listened to this podcast and I'm seeing some overlaps and what happened to the to them, what's happening to me. It's I think little tools like that in your toolkit can be enough to help kind of vet some of these people. I mean, like if this ever happened to me again, I feel like I'll just immediately shut it down. If anyone comes to me looking for advice and they like share some of these things that are happening, I'm like, shut it down. Shut it down. Just nope. <laughs> Bye. Love that. <laughs> Farewell. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Megan, let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah. So my handle is the blonde and pink. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram. And I also have a dating relationship and breakup podcast of my own. It's called main character moment. You can find that on all places you get your podcasts. Awesome. Thank you. Amazing. Well, thank you again for joining us. It was so fun talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah.